Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast. It's your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans Simply Being Humans. And we are back. We are back like we never left. And this year I'm giving you all new vibes with all of my solo episodes. Like I said, I'm bringing up the quality of everything. And honestly, at this point, all I'm all I'm waiting on now is some equipment to even boost up the quality of my like virtual episodes. And then that's really it. We cooking with different shit now. I missed y'all. I hope y'all missed me. My voice has certainly been waiting to get back on this mic to be able to chat with you all. But I won't, you know, spend too much time on the pleasantries of the year because we are already in Black History Month and already, you know, so much has occurred and so much has happened. Cat Williams has started the year off with a bang by getting things tossed all up and around. Shannon Sharp is popping out as some sort of, you know, new media personality that's really getting all of the big, all of the big interviews these days. So many things from happening from old rappers and new rappers beefing to honestly everything being high as hell and a potential World War III. But I feel like it's my place and my space to give you all something entertaining, something that's, you know, feels a little bit better than just the nonsense that can happen in the world. Um, but before we get into this, you know, week's episode, I want you to make sure that you all are following me everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs, follow the podcast at simply King pie and make sure that you follow the, make sure you follow my business page at life is King. Um, on IG and go to the website at lifeisking.com. Need to get better at saying that at the beginning of the show. But let's get into this segment that I introduced last year and it's called The Vibe Minute. Let's get into it. So today's Vibe Minute will be a question of what is... And because it's, you know, I'm thinking about the month of love, thinking about black history. What's your quintessential, like, of all time love song? Let me know. Let me know. Mine certainly is and probably will for always be Love Ballad by LTD. You know, with the lead singer being Jeffrey Osborne. Here's a clip. You know it. You love it. Get into it. the one it's the one that you know and it's the one that goes crazy every time and it's just the wording you know what i'm saying what we have is much more than they can see the vibe minute is brought to you by the vibe hour my other companion piece of content it's your twice weekly dose of the vibes you didn't even know you needed only on station head the application is called station head you can find the link in the description of this show comes on every tuesday and thursday at 9 p.m Eastern Standard Time live and the recordings can be listened to if you miss it. So make sure you just come on over and subscribe to me at King's Memoirs on Station Head so you'll never miss it. And that was today's Vibe Minute. I said at the top of the year that you all are not doing resolutions. 
Resolutions are out. Resolutions are done. We are all about personal projects. And how will you manage your personal projects? You'll be managing your personal projects with Notion. Notion is a all-in-one note-taking productivity app that you can genuinely utilize to the maximum capacity on so many parts of your life. No matter if you are an entrepreneur, just a person who enjoys organization and list, or somebody who is intertwining their work-life balance to try to stay ahead of the game. Get into Notion and even more than that, add on the add-on, add-on AI technology to be able to cut those corners where you need a little bit of assistance. So, let them know that I sent you. I'm certainly going to be posting templates and things like that for the remainder of the year for you to entice you all to come and join that Notion family. I've been using it for, for quite some time. The reason why my, my podcasts are so organized is because of Notion. So get with me and go ahead and sign up for Notion today. You'll see the link in the description of this episode. Thanks in advance. Peace. So let's get into the nitty gritty of it all. Today we are talking about, it's another redo episode. An episode that I did back in 2018 was titled Black Love 1890 to Now. At that time, I was really feeling like I wanted to come back and speak to black history and love kind of one in the same in some type of way. So to me, I was thinking, all right, why don't I, you know, find a way to find something historical about black love to bring to the forefront in the idea of 1890 to now kind of came to mind. 1890 specifically because of that was the Reconstruction era. And I felt like in terms of the expression and there being probably a lot of literature to pull from, it would probably come from that timing more than anything. One thing that I thought about and one thing that I quoted was the slave narratives to kind of go to start at the start and then all the way to now. And I brought it kind of stopped in the middle and gave um, this really, really, really great perspective on how at the turn of the century, I would say almost 10 years ago, if not exactly 10 years ago, and around like, I want to say 2013-ish or possibly predated that, you had this movement that occurred, this interesting movement of so many men continuously leaning to writing literature where they're talking to women, telling women what's kind of wrong with them and as to why they haven't found a man. It's been a capacity that has really been around kind of since the you know, the earliest of times, shit, the Bible, you know what I'm saying? It could really be all those things have forever been men telling women how to show up to, quote unquote, get a man. So in this time, I actually uh, at that time, I actually featured a special that was put on. There was a kind of called the night li- nightline face offs, if you will. Um, and basically they basically what they did was. It was it featured, and I'm going to make sure I post a clip. It was Nightline special on single ladies, specifically, specifically single black women. It was such an intriguing factor, and I think it was an intriguing factor because, for one, black women are on the you know, lowest of the totem pole, if you will, when it comes to societal rankings. So it made an interesting take of speaking to how so many black women have found ways to surpass their, you know, fellow cultural counterparts being black men and start making real fucking money out here. That all started in the early 2000s and started to really come to a head. Hence the movies like Think Like a Man, Act Like a Lady. Everything prior to, there was glimpses of it. You think about the show, Girlfriends. You think about the movie, Two Can Play That Game. 
both of them showing women in these very high spaces and high, high places kind of, you know, picking and choosing what type of partner they really want or not. And I think that that was something interesting to highlight. And the same special that I'll give you guys a clip of um, towards the end of this, you know, particular segment. It was so interesting because it featured, you know, Hill Harper, who wrote a similar book. It was kind of more of a quote unquote, softer handed, softer voiced version of think like a man, act like a lady in some way, shape or form. And there was just all these people who popped up in those times as well. Think about the Rob Hill seniors and Rob Hill juniors or whatever it was. Just there were men who were consistently making content for women. I mean, I would be self, I would be so un, 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 self, I can't even get the words together. I would be obnoxiously delusional if I don't think that I'm somewhat doing the same thing to some degree. Um, but I think it's all about the intentionality too, because I would love to be able to have a 50, 50 split fan base where I can talk to men and women, because the fact of the matter is a lot of things that I say to women, really, I should be saying to men anyway. And usually I do, at least in my personal life, I definitely do. But in terms of content and how the algorithm is shifted, how the algorithm works, it's women who going to hear this, but I digress. There's a lot of old trends that, I believe should be highlighted and understood that started around this time that I highlighted in that particular episode. In that particular episode, I, I gave, you know, a synopsis on not only the, not only just where black women were, but how black women got to that particular point, how this is just for everybody to check out the episode. Um, but it also was a revolution in terms of content as well. Social media was starting to really genuinely bubble up. Um, I would say that this particular special honestly was the proof of concept that the black relationship style, you know, debate style, you know what I'm saying, of content is actually has some type of lucrative elements to it. The people who were featured in it all became all are very much still very relevant. Majority of them are very much still relevant today. Being Steve Harvey featured on that, Sherry Shepard, both of them literally have had daytime talk shows, Sherry Shepard having one currently, which I believe she was nominated for an Emmy for. So kudos to her. But keep in mind that we also continue to see other things. There were new, new kind of, you know, quote unquote creators, content creators that came onto the scene that really started to shift those things as well. And we'll speak more about that later. We had life coaches and, and, and relationship coaches start to spark up. They started to begin to make content at this time. But today, we're going to do a new whole new challenge of speaking to what's going on today, why it's going on, what the hell is happening, why we need to adjust whatever we need to adjust. This is Simply King. I'm so glad to be back. Let me give you all that clip that I promised y'all of this particular... <laughs> Face off is what they call it, and then we'll get even deeper into the content. Let's get into it. We're going to dive into a controversial topic and a really provocative conversation. At issue, woman's quest to find Mr. Right. It can be elusive for anyone, but for black women, specifically for successful black women, the challenge can be that much greater. Consider some numbers here. 42% of black women are unmarried. That's double the percentage of unmarried white women. And for professional black women, the unmarried number spikes to 70%.
Vicki Mabry hosts tonight's Face Off. Why can't a successful black woman find a man? Women. Single in the ATL. Waiting for that man. <laughs> the numbers are staggering. In the black community nationwide, black women outnumber men by nearly two million. Seventy percent of professional black women can't seem to get a ring on it. Beyonce's lyrics have become an anthem for young black women everywhere. Because the problem is real. But who's to blame? The men or the women? These are real. Um, I don't know if the camera caught that. These are real. But are her standards too high? I want a man that's ambitious. I, I, I need a man that has a sense of humor. Or maybe a bit outrageous. If you see my wig is dirty, can you wash my wig? Can you take the cornrows out of my hair? Some of them are delusional, you know, or some of them are impatient. Again, they hear that tick, 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 tick. <laughs> On the other side, Jimmy Israel, NPR contributor and the author of The Denzel Principle. He says women are looking for an ideal that doesn't exist. Every woman thinks that she's, you know, Michelle Obama, and that's, mm-mm, <laughs> no. Now coming back into the present day, I had to get into my, what I like to call my reporter stance, because I'm gonna give y'all some stats. As you see from that clip, the times are fairly similar in terms of attitudes, in terms of feelings, in terms of how a lot of black women, single black women especially feel, but also how a lot of these ideals that a lot of men showed in that time, especially ones who had you know access to publishing companies, genuinely felt like they needed to assert their point even deeper in today's age. Um, a lot of them have kind of leaned in or opted out or kind of went into obscurity. We haven't heard a lot from really much of anything from a few of those people on that stage, a few of those men on that stage. Really, Steve Harvey is the most visible. But I want to give you all some statistics to make my point about the new age and where we are today and what has happened from since 2018 when I first made Black Love 1890 to now, we gotta catch us up. This is what the catch up looks like after this clips. Why does cheating hurt so much? Because that's what, because you, you don't get the answer to that right there, why? Why did you do Not that to answer. me? Why, even if you, even if, even if they do give you an answer of, oh, you know, this wasn't being satisfied or, you know, whatever they might come up with in that moment. Nothing really fulfills it, makes you feel okay with it. Mentally, you're wondering, okay, well, it, it breaks you spiritually. It makes it you question, damn, am I, was I even worthy of a relationship? Is this person really that much smarter than me? Am I that dumb to be, be able to be easily manipulated? Like, it f***s up your whole mental. A lot of them are new to control. Okay. I'm not in a rush to get that back, right? Mm -hmm. So the man that I say I want, I want a leader. I want somebody that's going to set infrastructure, set precedent, set this. What that really means is that I'm going to have to be underneath this man. And I'm not ready to give up this success. I don't work hard for this. I don't went to school. I don't build my business. I'm a millionaire. I'm this, I'm that. I'm not in a rush to go have to answer to somebody again. So because of that, I'm going to choose a man that I know is beneath me and I know that I can control. And then, and then when he's not living up to the man that I say I want, mm -hmm. I'm going to villainize him for doing so. Mm -hmm. But you're not acknowledging the reason why you chose that man. There's a lot of women that just bring good looks. You don't want somebody that could bring something to the table. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to bring what you bring to the table, but bring something else. Compliment me. Back in the day, being pretty was enough. Like that was enough to get married. I feel like 
like a lot of men that don't have money are always asking what else what else what else mm-hmm. but a lot of men that do have money looks are completely enough if you, enough if you want this traditional woman you have to be just as traditional and when i say traditional i don't mean toxic these men these nuanced men are You want a traditional woman, but there is nothing traditional about you. You can't work at Popeye's talking about you want a traditional woman because traditionally you cannot sustain me or this household with your Popeye's salary. How much has changed in terms of how you argue? A lot. Oh, so much. Nothing lingers anymore with us. Yeah. Nothing lingers. Having to ask over and over again. Yeah. You tell me nothing's wrong, but clearly something's wrong. So by the time I'm exhausted <laughs> from asking what's wrong, then you finally want to divulge that, and I'm already over it. I'm on to the next thing. Now, it's so different. It's literally, babe, here's how I feel. Or, I see that your energy's a little off. What's going on? And he just goes right into it. Wow. We don't wow. waste any more time. Well, we- since you asked. <laughs> she calls me. I talk to her. Hang up. Zalon says, Chanel call you for everything, huh? Yeah. Because she feels like I can solve that problem. Yeah. Now here's the thing, this is the crazy part, bro. If you're not really in tune with the dynamic between you and your woman, you would think that it's annoying. And your perspective will be like, no, it's annoying. She keeps calling me, asking me for something that I can't do nothing about. But then if you shift your perspective, bro, I look at it like, yo, I'm the one person that she's she lost the call for anything. Yeah. That's a privilege, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a privilege to be that for a woman, yeah. you know? And me as a man, I welcome that. Because how pointless and worthless would I be if I had a woman and she wasn't doing that for me? If you are a woman, 35 plus, you want a man that's uh, on the same lifestyle level, you're going to have to share it. I'm okay with that because if they're going to mess around with other females, I'm going to do what I want to do too. No, no. That's not how that works. Okay. That's not how that works. You share a man and sit your ass down. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I meant by after these clips. Nevertheless, getting right into the stats. According to Pew Research Center, it seems that New York, New York metropolitan area, which is also includes Newark, Jersey City, you know, parts of PA, has 3.6 million black people, 7% of the population of the black population. Right after that comes Atlanta metro area, Chicago metro area, then DC metro area, and then Dallas in the top five. Now I wanted to point that out for a very specific reason because I think that often we have been on the internet for so long, and I think we need to always be reminded where the majority of us are. So a lot of these particular trends that have came out, I think it's very interesting that when you think about New York, Atlanta, Chicago, and D.C., and Dallas at number five, all five are hubs for a podcast. Mm, Isn't that interesting? If all, I believe everyone that I've featured in this clip, in that sizzle reel of podcast clips from all over, all of those people are situated in one of those spaces. I'm in Atlanta, my damn self, making a podcast about podcasts and just to let, you know, I ain't gonna get too deep into it. Nevertheless, I felt like that's great to point out because majority of us are there. So some of these issues can be actually productive and filtered through, but instead it's setting the tone that I think has, is kind of possibly setting us back. But let's get into more information. Also, too, about four in 10 U.S. 
black people live in households headed by married couples. Intriguing. Right after married couples is black women. They're being them being the householders at 14.1 million people. And then male householders being almost making up almost basically 5% of the black population of householders and being headed up by those households. I'm assuming as, you know, based off of taxes. So we are certainly a matriarch within our community. I want to keep that being said because people love to forget that women have been kind of running the household for however long. So that's just the facts. Um, as you see after that is non-family households, households types cannot be determined. So that probably is a, you know, a mixed and a blend. People live with their grandma, maybe not claiming them folk, bunch of folks in the house. Y'all know how it is, black people. Um, I, I thought it was interesting to point out the 2018, when I made this particular uh, podcast, uh, Black Love in 1890 to now, the median income for black people was around $48,190. Right now, today, it's sitting around in the 50, in the low 50,000s as the median household income, which I think all these things matter in terms of dating and love. I think in that, in that, first initial episode that's, you know, the inspiration for this one, I pointed out how slaves were getting married. People who were the descendants, the direct descendants of slaves were getting married, y'all. Meaning both of them had nothing. And I know times are different, times have changed. And I think that there's something to be said about being with somebody that you kind of are equal with in some way, shape or form. But I digress. Now, the unfortunate, the unfortunate data that I found also to, according to divorce.com, 30.8% of people who happen to get married and divorce per 1,000 people is black people. We get divorced the most and truly get married the least at only about 30%. <sighs> And that's not because I understand a lot of people may not even believe in long term partnership, i.e. of marriage, but you might believe. But I know that most people do believe in long term partnership, no matter what your relationship style is. You might be into, you know, you might be monogamous, polygamous, whatever it is. You still want to find your kind of long term person in some way, shape or form, because it's just I think it's the natural sense of stability, to be quite honest. And I also wanted to point out that. Divorce rates for same-sex marriages. The divorce rate for same-sex couples is about five to 6%. Same-sex couples are 50% more likely to get divorced than different sex couples, which is interesting. And lesbian couples are more likely to divorce if they have children, according to divorce.com. Now, I know you're wondering, how does these podcasts work? How has the world been taken over by a relationship-based podcast. Let me tell you, for one, it's attempting to answer questions we do not have. The reason why religion works, the reason why so many ideologies around particular things, such as, you know, the self-help, the finance folks, anytime there are questions that feel like, how can I not be broke? How can I find happiness? How can I find peace? How can I find love? 
these topics, these topics and areas since the beginning of time have been essential, essential universal questions. So when it comes to black people, what do you think is going to happen? We have been told to not love ourselves. We've been told to open ourselves up to love other people who look you know, not like us or don't share culture with us. We've been driven to do everything but love each other. So the idea, the pursuit of love is something that I think really drives us all to look under every rock, not really genuinely, even if you already know that this is your preference and content, you still might give it a listen. You still don't, because you don't want to miss out on maybe just the, even if it's the counter information that you need of knowing that it's some niggas out here that show up this way. <laughs> hearing the story of a bad date, hearing the date tales of a person who, where it went badly as well as good, is still highly, highly consumed content. And I wonder why. So we think about in these clips that I gave you, giving you things from folks like, you know, the late Kevin Samuels. I believe that the thing that I've consistently said about him since I even made a spoof episode about him back in, I want to say maybe even 2018 as well. He was answering questions and representing a class of people who didn't realize they haven't been speaking out their opinions. And I'm not saying that men don't talk. I'm not saying that men are not letting it be known how they feel about things, problematic or not. But I think that the thing that Kevin Samuels did was that he made it popular for you to basically speak to your grievances to women directly. I don't believe I should have to do this. Y'all some old, you know, y'all the ones who chose the wrong nigga. Y'all should have aborted the baby. Whatever you say, whatever the fuck it is, that is kind of what the situation is. So he was speaking to a really specific group of men and honestly tipping into all these things that were coming from everybody's lower frequency in the first place. A lot of the shit was just self-hate or the hate of women in some way, shape or form, cloaked into some repackaged sense of misogyny and y'all really fell for it and made that man hella rich when he literally, right before the, his death, told y'all that women over 30 were leftover women and that man died under a Spanish or Latin, excuse me, a Latin woman who was like 32 years old and a nurse, which he also said was a quote unquote like, not a high value occupation for a woman, so you shouldn't be asking for too much. That was your guy. That's who y'all follow. That's who y'all platform. Remember that. So, but today I think that we also have people who are attempting their best case scenario of trying to push back and be revolutionary and be kind of cutting edge in terms of how they believe people should approach dating. You have the sprinkle sprinkle lady basically giving hoisms and so and sort, teaching women how to quote unquote get a man by way of these very transactional tactics that are usually used by people who work at night. I don't think that that's the right way to be. And I also don't think that the women who are attempting to opt into this behavior, they not built like that. <laughs> I don't believe that they're not built that way. They're not ready and prepared to do whatever it takes when that is the way that you're trying to quote unquote establish connection with someone. So let's stop making it so damn hard. Stop listening to people create your own world. But more about that later. The thing that I think everybody needs to understand is, is that this content is going to keep happening. Mics are not going to, they're going to keep going on sale. These podcasts are not going anywhere. 
But I think that the things that should be pointed out is the why some of these things are the way they are and how they're very much similar to those times in the past, because I believe we're making the same mistakes just using new verbiage than our previous counterparts and decades prior to. Let me break it down for y'all. I say the same mistakes in new verbiage, right? I'm a man who loves language and I believe that these things are very more, they're more similar than they are different. Such as the new saying of, what are you bringing to the table? Equals, you can't have all this money and expect to find a man. It's certainly a, it was certainly a critique and an attitude given by so many men in the times of the early 2000s all the way to the 2010s. Men want to be the woman of today. Equals, women don't let men be men. Now, that one might be a little bit of a thinker for you, but let's think about it. Men consistently being critiqued by women certainly makes their ass itch. They don't like correction because it's a sense of, quote unquote, the power that men aren't getting to be themselves, if you will. When it shouldn't be a power, it should just be a freedom, right? I think that for a lot of times, I think men are starting to adjust, starting to make particular choices, and then yet again, being received with criticism, they're responding to it in the exact same ways. Instead of standing their ground and saying, I want to be myself. And, and, you, and if you aren't allowing me to be me, then I shouldn't be here. But also to check yourself, bro, if the who you are is an ass, yeah, you probably should hear, hear your lady out and make those adjustments if you want the relationship to, to go on. That's just me, though. High value man. It's nothing but a repackaged version of the traditional man, which is still used very much today. But I think that the problem is, is that the things are very much the same. The high value aspect being, you know, kind of, you know, dramatized and sensationalized to be very specific statistics that every man should quote unquote have that literally only maybe 10% of black men even possibly have. And that's just me throwing out a stat. But 10% of black men are not making, 10% of black male population are not making over $100,000, not even shit. It might even be crazy to even look into how many are making even $80,000 a year. So it's kind of like very interesting to sit here and for everybody to position themselves and get on the internet and feel like they relate to this thing when they are really in a class of their own. Their own community is are those people who are similar to them, not the wide ranging sense of so many black men. They're laying off people all the time in every single capacity. So, no, I don't believe that. There's a lot of black men and women who are truly, truly making it happen day by day, shift by shift. That's all I'm saying. And I think that it's repackaged. I think that if what you felt about the traditional man was something that was not beneficial to you, not good for you, it's probably for a reason. So I said we lay all these things to rest and get into some new trends that can truly make us feel better and be better to ourselves. So you need to get with Braid. In the description of this episode, I actually added on a braid in every single episode in this year. I'm going to utilize braid to source great community based content and braid is such a great solution for not only sourcing content from community, your internal spaces, you can do use it for events, reviews on your products, so many different options and use cases. Highly, highly suggest for you tap the link in the description of this episode and sign up for braid today and let me know exactly how you benefit from utilizing this application. 
Let them know that I sent you. You'll be thanking me later. Peace. So I hope you understand why these things work the way they do. To me, I think that we, all we need to do is break trends. And I have a few suggestions of things to call out that I believe are necessary for us to, quote unquote, make particular changes, do things a little bit differently, not go through them. Because I ultimately believe we all want each other. And the arguing, the debates, the $200 dates, the, you know, the what you bring into a table, you know what I'm saying? All that shit. Let's stop talking about how much a date needs to cost. Let's talk about, let's stop talking about what a date is. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to get a headache. Shit's not universal. That's what I've learned in the past few years is nothing's fucking universal. And we have to progress past this overall collective conversation that we're having. Because the fact of the matter is, is you have to create your own world with your person. Ah, too often we get online and people are genuinely upset with the idea of what they do with whoever they're with is not universally accepted to the point to where they're getting mad at the world for not agreeing with them. That's stupid. That's stupid, people. I know this camera's on. That's stupid. You can't get online and expect for women, men, whomever, to just go with you when they possibly haven't walked your shoes, been through what you've been through, or they're just not you. So then you get called a pick me or a, a, a simp of some sort just because you wanted to show your person love and you did not have to share that shit to the world. Create your own world with yours and keep that shit private. No one cares that you gave your man all this shit because he's just such a good man and he deserves. There's women who could be with a person. There's men and women who could be with a person. He's a good man and they don't feel moved to do that. They feel moved to do something else because every, every person is different. You can't just whisk and like paint it with the same brush. We all are very individual works of art that need to be stroked a certain type of way to be create us into exactly what it needs to be. That's all I'm feeling. That's all I'm saying. Um, prioritize relationship skills over dating skills. And let me break this down. I believe one thing that we often do is we've made dating into something that is a mountain. We've made dating into something that's extremely hard to do. So much pathology around the idea of dating. I don't even know if pathology is the right word for this. So much methodology around the idea. That's what I mean. So much methodology around the idea of dating that it makes it seem like if you ultimately end up in a relationship that you basically won. You've won life. When there's so much more to go. You're not even talking about marriage, kids, bonding all these things together, binding and bonding all these things together in your life that you've already built for yourself, i.e. your house and cars and assets and various things. Do you want children? Do you are you cool with our parents living with us? All that shit are relationship things. And I think relationship skills are things such as really genuinely thinking about what type of partner you want to be and what type of 
energy you want to bring into the relationship? What roles do you actually want to play within a relationship? Shit, personally, I know I want to cook for my family. I love to cook. If anything, I think the reason why I'm so good now is because that's a good motivation for me. I would love to be able to cook every meal, prepare every meal, whatever, because I just like it that much. It's my way of showing up in whatever household I'm going to be in, right? So that's me, though. Every man's not like that. So I'm not going to project that everybody should be like that yet again. But I am going to project the idea that every person should understand what it is that they want to do, who it is they want to be, and whose they want to be. Because I think that people stress too much about just getting through and having successful dating time that they almost forget, you got to work on you. It ain't about just winning dating. And there is something that can be said about this. And I got to make sure I clip this part. For the ladies, especially, if you're having a successful dating period in your life has nothing to do with the t- the quality of person that you are. And I think society has built been built for that to be a thing for who you are. And I am here to say it says a lot about everybody wh- wherever they are in life. But it doesn't mean that it's a negative thing. If you're single, you're single because you chose to be single. It's a choice more than it's anything because we all could be in delusional relationships right now. That's genuinely what it is. But I want y'all to be good and be cool and feel confident in whatever choice that you're making, but also make sure that it's always the healthiest choice. Know what sex means to you. And now this is a big one. Know what sex means to you. And what I mean by that is once you make a connection with somebody, if you add sex into that thing, then what happens? Does your brain chemistry change? Are you crazy? Are you possessive? Have your expectations changed? Are, 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 are your you know, sensations different? Are your affirmations needing to be different? Are these things different? You should know that. You do know that. You do. So tell them what you know. Tell whoever it is what you know. Hold that close to your chest. Because if you're not, then you're only being irresponsible in dating. If you think that, oh, I know I'm going to have sex with this person tonight. I don't really care about them right now. So I know that I'll wake up more than likely not caring about them in the morning. And I want you to think about that. How often has that actually happened? Or how often have you given some frivolous box or dick to somebody? And then ultimately you ended up growing an attachment with them that you did not plan to have. Because that's who you are. The lover girls, the cool girls, the, the, the lover boys, the cool boys, the hot girls, the hot boys, those things are already predetermined. You're not going to be able to sit here and think that you can compartmentalize to hell being able to hook up with whoever on each weekend and think that you're going to be unaffected. That's not you. You're not built like that. That's what I was saying earlier. Some folks sit here and saying that they can do certain things and show up in certain ways that feel transactional. But in reality, you are crying, feeling like the big alone is what your future is. Because you've just been throwing, throwing, you've been just throwing sex around like it's something that you can actually handle the, the, the emotional burden of, of basically wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And you can't. That's not how you wired. You like sex on demand. You're a lover girl. You're a lover boy. You're a lover person. 
And so when you intertwine genitalia, your ass want to be locked in. Because that's how it works for you. You don't want them to be wanting to fuck nobody else. You want them to only want to fuck you. And that is your prerogative, baby. That's your prerogative. I'm not mad or upset at you at that at all. But you got to almost wear that shit like a motherfucking jersey now. If you really want to actually have something real with somebody, in my personal opinion. Lastly, and this is going into, this is going to be a great segue into the last segment. Control what you can control. Control what you can control. Because we don't need to be worried about, and I said it on an episode of The Space We Create. Make sure you check out Isla's uh, podcast, The Space We Create, and our episode together. Too often we're making lists, making demands, having expectations that are external and outside of ourselves. What's what, quote unquote, a good date is for somebody to take you on? What's quote unquote, a way that a woman should show up to you to show you that she appreciates you? Think about what you can control. Think about what you can control. Because to me, I can choose if I have a particular preference in something. And I can then make deductive, have deductive reasoning and choices based on those things. So I don't have to wonder if I'm paired with a woman that doesn't, that I don't have to sit here and waste time thinking that this is going to work when they've already shown up in a way that diametrically opposes who I want to be to them, potentially. The example I gave in that episode was if you're dating someone and you genuinely enjoy dating and if you're in a dating phase and you're open to date somebody new and when you meet her, you find out that she works nights and you personally want to be a partner that is romantic, that takes your partner out in the weekday. She works on the weekday. You can't date her. It's that simple. It's that simple. Let's not make it difficult. Let's not make it hard. That's what it is. If you come up with a standard, stick to your standards. Stick to your guns. I'm going to stick to my guns. Listen to D'Angelo. Listen to him. But let's get into the send it on. And today's send it on. It's a simple one. I want you to answer this question. And I have a new way, a new call to action for you all. You'll see a link in the description of this particular episode. will lead you to an application and software that I'm in partnership with, if you didn't already see from the mid-roll ad. I want you to come and respond to this braid, this braid prompt that says, what type of partner do you wanna be? What type of partner do you wanna be? Now, in response to this, I am, I am seeing this as you opting in to me potentially posting about this. Valentine's Day holiday is coming up. Love is in the air. People are looking for folks they have more compatible with. So this is your chance. This is your chance. Go into the link in this description and add your response. 
add your response. What type of partner do you want to be? And I think I want everybody to understand in this season, in this year, you need to be making sure that you are in control of your things. It is not onto the world for your man to just pop up on you at Publix, Wegmans, Ralph's, H-E-B, Schnooks, Kroger, and the like. They're not coming. They're not going to show up there. The man you probably want Instacarts anyway. The woman you probably want only goes at 3 a.m. in the morning to be unbothered, I guess. She goes to somewhere where she can shop any time of the day so she can do it when she feels like it. She's not rushed. I know y'all can do it. I hope y'all enjoyed the experiment that is this new way of showing you the Simply King podcast. I'm going to keep it going. Elevating every single element of this podcast. I always thought like, damn, why didn't I ever do this? You know, you always unearth these new ideas when you kind of in the space of creating. But I'm going to keep doing it. I'm obviously going to keep decorating my crib, showing you cool little spots um, that I'm proud of. But more than anything, I want you all to just digest and get some good content. So I appreciate you in advance for tapping in with me. We're back and we got so much more to come. Make sure you come back next week for an all new episode. Make sure you subscribe on everything on YouTube, on uh, IG. You can subscribe with, you can uh, follow me on IG everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs. You can follow the podcast at Simply King Pod on IG. And make sure you also come and follow my business page at Life is King. I am creating digital happiness over there and helping you find what digital happiness looks like for you too. So look me up, book a consultation sooner than later. I appreciate y'all in advance. I've been Rodney Perry, also known as King, and this has been Simply King. Peace. Babylon tricks when you put up on me. Cause back then I was very lonely. I still am, I'm just trying to find peace every day. My heart is on a day. Still gives me sleepless nights. Sometimes I wonder how.